Hello, this is Janet Gallen, welcoming you to Love Letters Live, and my guest today is Joey Travolta, a man about whom I know quite a bit, really, but not enough. And Joey, can we just start right in with you? And, you know, I'm, I'm obviously interested and touched by what you do, and I know that you're an actor and also a director. Well, yeah, I, I was an a, I was a singer first, then an actor, and then singer. producer, director, and then uh, before all that, I was a special ed teacher. Okay, that's kind of what I want to talk about. I think people's yeah, journey. That's where the passion comes from. Yeah. Pardon me. That's where the passion comes from. Yes. Okay. So I I didn't know about being a singer. How did you? Uh, and I know I know there are movies to your credit, and I know that you're putting either most or all of your time into something else now which is the summer camp or well, general do, inclusion yeah we do um I, I we do film camps all over the country in the summertime i saw that I, well I, let's I, just back up i'm sorry no i just want to back up to the younger you was it ahead. natural that you went into uh, acting was it well, I went into acting la really last in the family. I, I was more interested in getting an education. I promised my father I'd get a degree. And, uh, uh, and then I taught for a little bit. But then that's when I, you know, uh, gave up on teaching, which I loved. I just, you know, I was getting paid 7000 a year and I was putting five back into the kids. So oh, yeah. I would have been broke. But I always had an affinity and my heart was always there. What did you uh, teach? Uh, special ed. I, I oh, always. Okay. Children, yeah. So what guided you towards that in life? I think my, my dad. I, we were always for the underdog. Um, uh, I was always the protector of special needs kids in high school. Are you the and, oldest and, of your siblings? No, no. I'm, I'm uh, five of six. Uh -huh. John, John is six. Uh -huh. uh, but my dad was uh, always about inclusion and diversity and everybody was always welcome at our house. About, can you remember like what year about that was? Because it wasn't so common at that time as it is now, thankfully now. Uh, what year that what? Uh, that your family was already, you know, um, 50s, aware. 60s. Oh, uh, so, uh -huh. was, you know, he, he was just a kind, kind man and oh. very inclusive. And that was the gift that he gave all his children. I bet. The best gift, gift that he could have ever given us. And I always say that, that that's, that's the best part of him was his uh, inclusiveness and his heart and his uh, passion for people. He loved Is he people. still with us? No, unfortunately not. Uh, he passed back in uh, 80, oh God, oh no, I'm sorry, 90, I think it was 95. Oh, so well into your adulthood. Yeah. yeah so yeah. You, you had him for a long time. I thought it's so nice. Um, okay, let's, let's talk about inclusion. Yes. And, and how did you start your first summer camp? Well, I was doing, um, uh, I was directing two films a year as a director producer. Huh. And uh, uh, there was a group that was uh, doing classes for uh, just anybody like camps and acting classes. And the guy who was running it asked me, could you put some of our folks in one of your films? And I did. Ah. And I saw what he was doing and I thought, this is really cool because I, you know, that was my background was teaching kids. And yeah. it wasn't for special needs kids, it was for anybody. Uh, and uh, 
I opened uh, one in like 2002, 2003 called The Entertainment Experience. And uh, my daughter was putting together a film festival and asked if I would help. And I said, absolutely. Uh, I'll give you uh, camps to give away and classes and publicity. And uh, this article was written uh, about uh, me being a former special ed teacher and this whole uh, concept that I have of a practical film workshop, which is how people train to be in films. Okay, so that's, that's what I want to ask you about, the, the yeah. practical side of it. First of all, who, how many can you take in each camp and how do people know to apply to come well, to camp? There's two different things. There's the camp and there's the adult program. So the camp, uh, which unfortunately is going to be canceled this summer right. because of the virus, but from the camps, uh, we, de we developed the adult program. Which is what? Uh, it's a year-round program funded through the state of California, through the regional centers, and we train adults that are neurodiverse in filmmaking. And we have uh, my main studios in Bakersfield, but we have uh, uh, six studios around the state that are year-round. And uh -huh. we train adults, and in the summer when I do camps, I'll hire you know, five or six students to come out on the road, they get paid, they get per diem, they get to apply what they learned in the film camps. Nice. Where do you, where do you start? Let's say you've got a new group of kids for the summer, and these are all children that are on a spectrum of anything in particular or everything? Well, the, the camps are, are, are predominantly um, uh, autism. Uh -huh. When I originally designed the camp, it was uh, the very first camp we did was for uh, folks that were on the spectrum. And you and, and you were aware you were aware of how large a group this was. Yeah, I mean, world. when we started the, the camps, my dog just came in. Uh, when we started the camps, uh, the the uh, it was uh, the the camps are fifty kids in a camp, and it's a two week camp. That's a big group. That's a big group. Yeah. So I bring a crew of, of um, oh God, I bring a crew of 11, sometimes up to 14 when I bring our students with us. They well, let me ask you something, just, just to make it um, more understandable to me and to people listening and watching. It's a two-week program, but is it a 50 children? But is that repeated? Is it two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, also long or just I one? I do it in all different places. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm in Florida. I'm in New Jersey. No, but does it go all summer at each camp? No. Oh, I see. At a time. I we see. put them into three groups. Each group is responsible for making a film. Where do you start in teaching anybody how to make a film? Where do you start with these kids? What's the well, first thing they we, need to uh, learn? We have three teachers. Uh-huh. And each, they each have a group of 15. Hold on one second. They each have a group of 15 kids. They're responsible for writing the script, helping them. I have a crew that's with me. Uh, I do interviews with all the campers. Then uh, while they're developing their scripts, they pitch it to me. And I have to approve the script, which I always do. And then they go into production. So the end product is about an hour. Wow. Half hour documentary, half hour of their films that always go into a theme. So like last year it was, so you think you can make a movie. Uh -huh. I saw that, kids, all, yeah. All they, they all play parts in it. 
and they develop their scripts. Uh, and then we do it. I've been doing it now for 14 years. We've been on the road. This will be the first summer that, that I will not be uh, uh, doing camps, unfortunately. But, um, but uh, you know, that's what the camp is. And the, uh, the adult program is 20 weeks at a time. And during that period of time, we make uh, a, uh, a 15 to 20 minute film, which becomes the lesson plan. And then all the students make their own individual. There's usually sled, uh, split into five groups and they make two to three minute films on their own. But Is, I, I'm just curious, I'm curious about something else. You said, you know, you approve the scripts and they, uh, they come up also with the storyline, right? Yes, they come up with the is I there give, a I'll give them I'll give them props or I'll give like last year we did don't judge a book by its cover. Oh, so you give them and a general theme. I give them a general theme. Sometimes I'll give them props to write into yes. the script yes. to make it more. But the teachers are responsible. I mean, there's not a lot they can learn about, uh, uh, you know, camera and lighting. We introduce it and editing and doing all that stuff. So what happens is uh, on Friday, the last day of camp we show like a half hour behind the scenes making of with some of the interviews. They will, will have not seen the films until the fall mm -hmm. and they have a red, red carpet screening. This has to be an inc incredibly, um, I guess the word would be empowering experience for anybody. Well, you know, you, when you learn something right. and you know, they always talk about outcomes and you know, well, what's the outcome? If you get an A on a paper, you know, you stick that in the drawer and that's it. But these right. little films they have for the rest of their life that they can share with their families. And, you know, they have a red carpet screening with limos and getting dressed up. By the way, that, that, share, that, that share with their families part, I want to talk to you about that in another, you know, area also. Come but on. yes, getting dressed up. You know, the feeling of importance is something that absolutely everybody needs. Well, that's what it's not, you know, and I tell my teachers, it's not about how good the films are. It's the process. Sure. It's collaboration. It's a communication. You know, when you make a film, that's your baby, no matter what. Right. It's that sharing of, and we made this together. And this is what we did in two weeks over the summer, you know, in less than 50 hours, we made this, this hour product together. So, do, you, do you think that these children... Well, of course, they they start as young as what, ten or eleven? Yeah, ten or eleven. Up so, to, uh, nineteen now up to almost twenty-two, twenty-three. Oh, so okay, that's definitely goes to twenty-one. So. I was just interested, and I'm guessing yes, because we all do this. Is do you think they? Of course, two weeks isn't a terribly long time, but it sounds pretty intense. And it's intense enough, intense. yeah, to make friendships that will last a lifetime. Oh yeah, well they do. I mean, we we have. Uh, folks in our program that have gone to our camps from around the country and now live in Bakersfield to attend the program. And they become, a lot of these kids make friends for life. Yeah. So a lot of them work for the different programs around the state. Do you have friends still from your own high school days and grammar school days? Uh, I do. I Me do. Too. Well, my, my one that was really close passed away last year, but yeah, I still have a lot of, as a matter of fact, one of them, uh, uh, works for me. Uh, well, the other one works for me too. I have two that work for me. I love Does work. your wife work for you? Or with uh, you? No, I work for her. <laughs> and how does that work? It works well. She <laughs> runs a preschool. Uh, how, how did you meet? 
I mean, you know, I think girl questions are a little bit different, but yes, we want well, the romance. Yeah, I was, uh, there was a place called the Bicycle Club. And the what? One of, uh, bi the Bicycle Club was in Englewood, New Jersey. And uh, uh, that was the place I used to go on Fridays and Saturday nights, you know, and she was at home from school and that's how we met. But her, her father um, was a comedian. Uh, oh, I remember. Yes, I do. I know that for some reason. Um, so we were both in show business. She was from the rich side of the town and I was from the poor side. But that, so that was just accidental. You didn't meet through your no. work and move. Uh -huh. no. no, we didn't meet. No, no we, we, yeah. uh, we, we met at the place I used to hang out and she was. Was that in Los Angeles or? No, no, it was in Englewood uh, uh, Cliffs, New Jersey. Yes. We're okay. From Englewood. We're both from Englewood. Well, I knew you were so, from New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of entertainers from Englewood, Buddy Hackett, and oh God, Jimmy Dean. Uh, oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, the uh, yeah a lot of singers and entertainers. Yeah. Do you, do you miss the acting part of your life, like actually being in movies, or is this so much more satisfying to you? Oh, what I do now is the best. Yeah, you know, and of course, what you do now lasts longer than a life being in movies. It does, and you're you know the the great thing is when. So uh, I, did you get to see Carol of the Bells? Pardon me? Carol of the Bells? No. You don't know about Carol of the Bells? Please tell me about it and then tell me how I can see it and how we can all see it. Well, actually, yeah, actually, so it's familiar. I must have seen it in- David cast it for me. They what? David was the casting director on it. Okay. 70% of the crew was make up, made up of folks that we trained. It was like groundbreaking. And it was uh, it starred uh, R.J. Mitty from Breaking Bad and uh, Donna Pascal and uh, let's see who else. Donna Mills was in it. Lee Purcell. Uh, we had a really nice cast, and uh, uh, it won uh, best uh, audience choice for best feature film in San Diego Film Festival. I can't believe I didn't. Film believe. Festival. Yeah. It was released March third. It's. I'll send you. I'll send you a link. Uh, would you yeah thank you and i'll, and I'll share that also yeah it's a it's a you know i mean it's a thing i'm proud of it's how i developed inclusion films okay. was the idea of being able to make features and hire people but you know putting together features is not an easy thing to do but right uh, i got all my partners together we all threw in a little cash so that throws you into the role of producer as well yeah well i produce too i produce yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Let so, me ask you something. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Ask. Well, I was just going to ask you something. You know, I'm thinking about your camps and um, am, of course, enormously touched by what you do. I remember as a teenager being a counselor in a summer camp. And this was in 1950, oh gosh, I don't know, 57 or 58. Where? Where? In LA. Okay. In, in the Valley. Okay. And there were about in this camp i mean this was the 50s and it was a dreadful dismal time for how we saw people on the autism yeah. just yeah. horrible horrible and there were about five children in that camp on the autism spectrum as we call it and yeah. i was very familiar with these kids and learned very early how to work with these wonderfully interesting in a variety of ways children Mm -hmm. And and also then I, I worked at a nursery school like the following year and they had um, about four children in the nursery school. We're, and we're, I, we're in uh, we're 
Where was that in LA? In Los Angeles on, on Fairfax. It was the Offman Preschool. Okay, cool. And you know, this was a time where there was nothing special that focused on children with special needs. Yeah, they, there's an interesting documentary on now called Crip Camp. Oh, I'd like to see that. Yes, I've seen that name. Yeah, it's, it was all about 1970, a camp. It was around the Woodstock uh, uh, time uh, where they had a camp for folks that they called them cripples. And, and that was, that's where the, hence the name came, but it's really interesting. Maybe you could send me that link as well? Uh, I, it's on Netflix. I don't. Uh, oh, oh, I, that's where I saw the name. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll get it. Okay. Yeah, yes. Okay. Thank you. So you know that I am generally about the power of writing love letters, okay. the power of writing gratitude letters, the power okay. of letters. And okay. I'm just wondering, and maybe, maybe you do this. I'm just wondering, like if you were to write a love letter right now, who would it be to? And I can think of like six of them already just having talked to you for this short while. Well, I'll tell you my, uh, my uh, experience with writing letters. Please. When I was in college, I used to write letters home uh, to my mother and she used to correct them and send them back to me. <laughs> yes. Well, I lost confidence in love. Oh. Writing letters, I probably, I think I'd probably, I, I have a grandson that's coming uh, June, the first uh, week in June, my uh -huh. first my child, I'd probably write a letter to him. Okay, how old is he? He hasn't been born yet. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, coming, you mean coming into the world? <laughs> coming into I, the world. I thought you meant coming to visit. Oh, uh -huh. I know, I have to clarify that. Yeah, we're very excited about it. Okay, yeah. I've seen a couple of wonderful and happily been part of writing letters, love letters to unborn children. Mm. What a gift that is. And, and you'll mail it? What's that? You'll mail it, right? I don't You just asked me, well... Uh, You're going to write this letter to this unborn child. You said, who would I write it to? Yes, and, and you're telling me that to this unborn child. If I did, if I did write the letter, it would Right. Be. I mean, that's a wonderful thing to do. And you will mail it to this unborn child, right? I guess so. I... <laughs> I mean, when you think of I'm what... Sure he doesn't know, have a computer. I'm sure he doesn't, but when he's older... And by the way, computer, you know, I was telling David recently, I have letters that are 100 years old. I wish I had one here to show you now. I don't have it with me. Almost 100 years old, and they are as readable today as mm -hmm. the day they were written. Yeah. So whatever you I, write... I, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny. You talk about letters. My, uh, when my... Uh, uh, when my mom passed away, uh, they had just moved out to California and we went back to, um, to New Jersey and the people that lived next door to us had this, uh, old briefcase, uh, actually suitcase. And it had all letters of course, my mother to my sister on the road doing gypsy my father, which was the surprising uh, letters, uh, and it was one of those things that we uh, we gave them as gifts to my brother oh, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. Yes, and by and, the way, I am I am delighted and not surprised to hear this because you hear it all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's uh, but uh, they were they ended up being a treasure uh, for us. Yes, yeah, to read them and get 
you know, because I thought one way of of him, and it made me uh, uh, have a whole different respect. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, you know, it's so hard to plan for what might take place in 40 years, because mm -hmm. I know how hard it is to plan for what might take place in four days. Mm -hmm. And you as a film producer know the same thing. But, you know, you found these letters and whatever letter you write to this grandson and mail to him, care of his parents, mm -hmm. you could even say on the envelope to be opened by. And when he's mm -hmm. old enough, he? Yes. Yeah. When he's old enough, he will open it and get, some, get an enormous gift from you. And if you think that an email will serve the same purpose or any high-tech method we have, technology changes every so often. I mean, every four weeks, it's a whole new... And whatever you email now or send via tech, it won't be accessible in 20 years. Mm -hmm. But what you write down will. So I have a different thought. What you're doing in your camps, in your whole life, is historically important, wouldn't you say? Well, and the great thing about this, one of the, I spend two days interviewing every camper. Uh -huh. So literally, that's 50 kids in two days nonstop. And I usually spend 10 minutes with each kid. Uh -huh. And those are unbelievably precious because I'm asking them their opinion. Nobody has ever asked them their opinion. Uh -huh. Yes. Some advice on things. And we're talking about uh, taking all those interviews and making a whole series of interviews with, with, these, with these kids. And they're, I'll, I'll send you a link to. I'd to, like to see it. I, I have a slightly different question or thought because I just because I think this way. And that is, you know, again, what's going to be accessible in 30 years? Mm -hmm. And uh, you've, you've heard maybe, it's my favorite definition of having faith, and that is to plant a tree mm -hmm. under whose shade you know you will not live long enough to sit. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's Always like that. And I feel the same about letters. What, I, I don't even know if you'd have the time, but it strikes me, I wish I could do it for you, um, is to take each one of these interviews and write it down by hand on really good paper. You don't want to read my handwriting. You'll never oh, read okay. People do say that, and that's... I got thrown uh, out of Catholic school, so... Okay, so that's a problem. So anyway, even just as a dear, you know, dear Laura or whatever, it, talking to you today was wonderful, and that you, whatever it was, the things that you said, and then just list them. Right. And stick them away, either maybe mail them or mm -hmm. stick them away in a folder as love letters. And you're going to have at the end of a pretty short time, an exceptional book or collection, mm -hmm. at least. I don't know if you have the time or inclination to do something like that. But you never know. I mean, I'm there, putting them together now. So. There's, there's so many ways of documenting your own history. Yeah. Well, and we, we, did, we did a, a documentary called Lights, Camera, Access. And Basically, um, that was six interns from the pro the adult program on the road with us through three camps, them staying at the hotel, them interacting, all the things that they had to be responsible on the road. Yeah. Uh, but now we want to do one just about the camps. So. So when you when you do a documentary, 
because technology changes so frequently, do you, do you have a way of, I mean, I know there are ways of updating these, like you have a documentary in one medium and then you can transport to another as time goes on? I mean, we've done that with when we get hired to do, because uh, besides having the, the programs, we have a production company that does, you know, promotional videos, documentaries, commercials, whatever. So uh, we have quite a few jobs that we end up updating, like mm -hmm. every, yeah. you know, every couple of years we'll update onto what they have, you know, to show it, the growth of their company. I'm guessing it's a little bit hard to keep up with yourself and what you do. Oh, man. Yes. Well, you know, before this, I was on the road 200 days a year. You know, traveling to the six different locations and ah oh and oh before this coronavirus shut it all down uh huh. Uh, where are you in San Francisco? Pardon me. You in San Francisco? I am. I am. So and I noticed that one well, of your she's up in San Francisco. Oh, I didn't realize that. Where does yeah. she... well, you know what? I noticed that one of your camps is in Livermore. Uh, Livermore. Uh, be before that, it was at St. Mary's College for years. Uh huh. And we did. Uh, uh, that's with one group, yeah. So up there. Where's the, St. Mary's College? Uh, St. Mary's is in Moraga. Uh huh. Moraga. Uh, my my daughter is up in the Inner Richmond. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. I know where that is. My daughter's in the Inner Richmond. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, that's I, I like knowing that. So you know, next time you're in San Francisco, if ever you can, um, yeah. let's get together. I'll take you for lunch. Okay. You I'd love it. to do this in person. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Got it. My pleasure. You take care. You too, dear. And um, I'm going to look for the links. I'm going to look for Crip Camp. And I've got a whole new um, lovely way to spend part of my afternoon. There you Thank go. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye, Thank you. You too.